It's a beautiful day and a fine time for healing. Podcast host Randy Fine, a narcissistic abuse expert and the author of the groundbreaking book, Close Encounters of the Worst Kind, and the captivating memoir, Cliff Edge Road, invites you into her sanctuary, a place where your physical, emotional, and spiritual well-being are all that matter. So put your feet up, relax, and enjoy today's show. And now, here's Randy. Good morning. Thank you for tuning in to listen to A Fine Time for Healing. I am your show host, Randy Fine. So uh, hopefully this um, COVID thing (laughs) that's keeping us all locked up is going to be uh, relaxing soon. I don't know if the virus is going to be getting any better, but we're going back to work and to school and to all our usual things that we used to do, and um, I know we're all really ready for that. Uh, Today's special guest, Zen Honeycutt, is the founding executive director of Moms Across America, a national nonprofit dedicated to ensuring our food is free of contaminants. She is the mother of three boys, one of whom had life-threatening allergies. That is, until she found out about GMOs. Her documentary, Communities Rising, highlights efforts across our nation to transform the food supply. And she is the author of Unstoppable, Transforming Sickness and Struggle into Triumph, Empowerment, and Celebration of Community. For years, Zen has been motivating groups around the globe to take action to improve their quality of life, health, and food. Speaking tours have taken her to Australia, New Zealand, Japan, Switzerland, China, Maui, France, wow, she's been everywhere, and across the mainland America. Known for being unstoppable, Zen makes a practice of going head-to-head with government agencies, big corporations, and anyone who believes that things simply are the way they are and that it's impossible to create change. And I know you, my listeners, do not feel that way that we know it is possible to create change, which is exactly why we are going to hear what Zen has to say today. Let me bring her on and introduce you. Good morning, Zen, and welcome to A Fine Time for Healing. Thank you, Randy, and thank you to all your listeners for being with us today. I so appreciate it. Oh, you're you're so welcome. I know we're, we're all excited to hear what you have to say. Oh, uh, thank you. So, so this all really started with the um, life-threatening allergies of one of your boys. Is that correct? Yes, it did. I, I was um, a mother of, let's see, I believe it was two with the two children at the time. Yes, my eldest one was five, about five years old. And it was Thanksgiving evening, and there were about 18 people sitting around the table. And we had just sat down to eat. I had served my son his plate. And uh, everybody was very happy. And then all of a sudden he looked very sick, you know, the kind of sickness that looks like maybe you just got struck with the stomach flu or something. So I told him he could go and lay down in the back room. And uh, pretty soon, a few minutes later, we heard him cry out. And so my husband and I ran to him and his body was covered in red welts. He looked like he was puffed up like a raspberry. And we had known from a previous just 
very brief experience with, we didn't know if it was a dog or a walnut that he probably had a nut allergy. So we did have an EpiPen and my husband had to jam that into his leg and he couldn't pull it out though. So I pulled it out and blood spurted across the wall. I mean, it was just very, it was, people were going hysterical and it was, it was crazy. And we just grabbed him and ran into to the car and we didn't even think about waiting for the ambulance. There was just no way we could wait. We had to just get to the ambulance. I mean, sorry, to the hospital. So we drove him to the hospital and on the way there, his eyes were rolling back in his head and I had to push on his chest and beg him to, to, to breathe. And at the hospital, they hooked him up with steroids and he looked at me, you know, with this look in his eye that was like, help me, mommy. And I felt so helpless. There was nothing I could do but pray. And uh, thank God he made it through that experience. But that experience was so terrifying that it literally took away all my fear in facing anything else that had to do with protecting my children and keeping them safe, including going face to face with the head of Monsanto and speaking in front of 1200 shareholders, you know, about the food supply and telling them what they're doing to the food supply. And um, so I've been, you know, since then, I've been able to take on whatever needs to be done. I'm willing to do it in order to protect my children and my family and, and other people's children, because no one should have to go through that. Um, but of course, from that experience came uh, the determination to have him get better. And a few years later, when he asked, uh, when he said to me, Mom, I, I wish all my allergies would go away, because he had had subsequently had many, many allergies. Um, I said, yeah, me too, buddy. But in my head, I realized I was thinking, that's never going to happen, because the doctors had told us his allergies would only get worse and become more and more life-threatening. Then I realized what I was saying, that that was really resigned and doubtful. And I thought, you know, I'm not committed to that. I'm committed to being empowering and to, you know, making a difference. And what if there's something that we could do? So I thought of my cousin, Sarah, who had eaten gluten-free for a whole year, very strictly. And then after that year, she was then able to eat gluten now and then. And I thought, you know, I asked my son, Ben, I said, Ben, what if you could do that someday? What if you could eat a slice of pizza a year from now? Would you like that? He said, yes, yes. And I said, well, then would you be my partner in your health? Would you drink green drinks and do alternative therapies, you know, acupuncture, different things like that, go to different doctors? He thought about it seriously. He was about nine years old at the time, maybe eight and a half. And he said, yes. And I said, then, okay, then I promise you, you will get better. And from that moment on, I took actions I normally would not have taken because I made a promise to my son and together we researched, we learned, we found out about GMOs and glyphosate. And, um, you know, I educated him, him, him as well as myself. We watched movies like Genetic Roulette and GMO OMG, GMO OMG later on and things like that. And within four months, his allergies were dramatically better. And once we found out about glyphosate and went organic, about two years later, his allergies went from a 19 down to a 0.2. So he no longer has life-threatening allergies. And um, his health and my other two children's health subsequently and our entire family's health is, is dramatically better. So during that process, I created Moms Across America to let other people know that their children and their families can get better too. It's so amazing that you've, you know, taken this um, this platform and you're working so hard at it. But I understand I'm a mom and I would do anything mm -hmm. for my kids, you know. So I get yes. that motivation. Mm -hmm. But um, mm -hmm. 
but I would imagine that this was um, something that sort of was in your destiny to do anyway, and it just this is just how it came up. There's, um, I read in your book somewhere that your son had autism, apraxia, anxiety, and ADHD. Was this the same son that you're talking about? No, this, the middle son ended up later having autism symptoms. It wasn't full-on autism, because we, I believe, because we caught it within a couple of weeks of showing up. And we mm-hmm. took him to his doctor, which was an autism doctor. And it wasn't because my children had autism. It was because um, he had a spaced-out vaccine schedule. This particular doctor uh, would accommodate parents who wanted to space out vaccines. So oh, okay. we took him to him, and he said, I'm going to test him for um, bacteria and fungus in his urine. And I said, why, why would you do that? And he said, because bacteria and fungus in the gut um, can cause inflammation in the brain. And that can cause autism symptoms, you know, erratic behavior and screaming and yelling and all kinds of, you know, learning disabilities. And so I said, huh, I was like, you know, that's what glyphosate does too, because by this point I had learned about glyphosate. And he said, what do you mean? And I said, well, glyphosate just has been proven to destroy the beneficial gut bacteria in the gut and allow for the proliferation of the bad bacteria. And on the outer walls of the bad bacteria, according to Dr. Matthew Buckley, there's something called lipopolysaccharides, and those lipopolysaccharides signal the vagus nerve in the gut to tell the brain to go and attack. It's like bad guys in the gut, then the brain says attack, right? The problem is they attack, and when they attack, the microglia cells in the brain um, get excited, right? They, 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 they call something, create something called excitotoxins, and they get excited, and then brain neurons get inflamed and eventually die. So that's why many doctors believe children suddenly develop an inability to, you know, to cause eye, um, create eye contact or they suddenly have memory loss or, um, you know, um, behavioral issues. So I thought, what if glyphosate is destroying its beneficial gut bacteria and causing the overgrowth of these pathogens, you know, the, the bacteria and the fungus or supporting the overgrowth of it, right, and, and, then, and causing these, these uh, behavioral issues? And he said, well, it sounds like it couldn't hurt to have them go organic, too. He said, I've, I've been recommending for my patients to go gluten-free and dairy-free, but I've never suggested organic. I'm going to try that. And it was, it was a very eye-opening conversation for both of us. And so we went 100% organic with my son. He, we also, he suggested to remove sugar because sugar feeds the bad gut bacteria. And we did put him on a medication, a compound medication, to get rid of the fungus and the C. diff because those are very difficult um, and life-threatening, um, you know, things to have in your gut. But it was the diet, I believe, that kept those things away, right, once we eliminated them. And the diet was such that he was, we realized he was eating wheat. And my other two sons were not eating wheat. And he presented with glyphosate in his urine. When Moms Across America initiated the first glyphosate testing in America, my son, this son, was the first one to get tested. And he had levels eight times higher than was found in anywhere in Europe when they tested 18 businessmen in Europe. And, uh, and I was wondering why did that get in there? And I realized it was probably because he was eating wheat and my other two sons were not, and they had gluten allergies. And that wheat is sprayed with glyphosate as a drying agent in many, especially Northern areas where there's uh, a lot of rain. And so he was eating more glyphosate than my other children and he had higher levels of glyphosate in his urine. So we eliminated that possibility. You know, of course, we went not just gluten-free but organic 100%. And within six weeks, 
we retested him and his glyphosate levels were no longer detectable and his autism symptoms were gone and have never come back. So we believe, you know, the only way for us to eat is organic. That is, you know, we can't afford to not eat organic because people with children with autism symptoms spend 65000 a year on, on therapies. So, uh, you know, this is very important for us to do and we want other people to know that they can do it too and that it's worth it. Eating organic is worth it. Well, I agree. Um, so you've mentioned glyphosate several times, and I'm not sure that um, that we all understand what glyphosate is and exactly how it's used. I know that you said it's used in the north, you know, to keep crops drier. Um, but what exactly is it? Oh, great. Yeah, good question. Sorry, sometimes I just jump right into it with people. Because <laughs> um, I've been saying the word glyphosate probably dozens of times a day for the past seven years. <laughs> it, it, glyphosate is the active, declared active chemical ingredient in Roundup and Ranger Pro, which most people will know as that weed killer that you can buy at, uh, still buy, unfortunately, at Home Depot and Lowe's. And it's been used for about 40 years in landscaping and agriculture, most predominantly in the past 10 years. So in the past 10 years, 70% of the glyphosate herbicides that have ever been used have been used in the past 10 years. And there are now 750 different types of glyphosate herbicides because it's a generic, um, you know, chemical now. And the problem with it is that it is unlike any other um, herbicide out there. It's very unique and they has, there has to be special testing just for it. And, and um, it is a, has been deemed a carcinogen by the World Health Organization it is a endocrine disruptor, you know, affects reproductive organs. It's a neurotoxin, and um, it uh, can cause liver and kidney disease. Uh, it also is connected with um, increasing the growth of a very rapid uh, breast cancer uh, called Lumen B, and also non-Hodgkin's lymphoma and multiple myeloma cancer. So it is definitely something that you want to avoid and, um, and again, as I said, it, it has been shown to have an impact on gut bacteria as well. And the gut bacteria is a stronghold of our immune system. So what we're, what we're doing is spraying glyphosate, not just on GMOs. 80% of GMOs are engineered to withstand glyphosate. But it's also being sprayed on crops as a drying agent, like peas, beans, barley, hops, you know, grains used in beer. Um, it's sprayed on the ground in between the grapevines during the off season, so it's showing up in wine. And it's sprayed on wheat, and that is, you know, in sugar and soy and corn. And so it's showing up in almost all of our processed foods and, um, you know, other types of foods bought in the grocery store if it's not organic. And in some cases, it's still showing up in organic due to contamination from the irrigation water and the rain and the manure, we believe, that's used in fertilizers. So we have a major problem of glyphosate contamination um, across America and around the world. And unfortunately, we believe Americans are eating, you know, a major portion of that glyphosate because of, of such, there's such a widespread use in our country. And so we were the first ones to initiate the, the glyphosate testing to detect it in water and breast milk and urine. And since then, it, that was 2014, I believe, uh, since then, many different other organizations have tested and found it in, you know, snacks and chips and cookies and beer and 
bagels and eggs and, uh, you know, we, we found it in wine and um, many different, you know, other things. So it's something that you really want to avoid, and the best way to avoid it is by um, eating organic. And you also say that uh, tiny amounts can deform or even be fatal to a fetus. It can, be, it can cause miscarriage and birth defects. Yeah. And, um, and very alarming, you said um, it was found in all five childhood vaccines tested at an accredited lab and dozens of others by a different independent lab, and the results were confirmed. Um, just yes. horrifying what we're taking in and not realizing and what we're giving our children. Yeah, and I want to say why in vaccines, if, if you don't mind, because people are going to be like, what? Why is a weed killer in vaccines? That can't be okay. true. Well, it, yeah, it is, it is true because the vaccines contain many different things, right, which, which can be harmful to us or, and or could be GMO. They contain, uh, you know, dairy and sugar and soy and um, animal products from chickens and cows and pigs. So in particular, they contain a gelatin, and gelatin is made from pig tendons. And pigs, almost across the board, very few pigs don't eat GMO soy, but across the board, most pigs eat GMO soy. And GMO soy has been found to have very high levels, like in the thousands of parts per billion of glyphosate. And so when they eat it, it has been shown, according to Monica Kruger, a scientist in Germany, that that glyphosate goes into their tendons and, you know, meat and um, bone marrow and things like that. So the glyphosate is going into the vaccines via the gelatin is what we believe, and it can be also through the other GMO products. And that's why I sent them off to a lab to be tested, because when I read the ingredients of vaccines, which I hadn't done for, you know, maybe 10 years of my child's life, I, I, he, was, he was almost fully vaccinated. I just trusted the doctor. But once I read the ingredients, I was like, wait a second, there's probably GMOs in here. And if there's GMOs in here and 80% of GMOs are engineered to withstand glyphosate, there's probably glyphosate because glyphosate does not wash off or dry off or cook off. It gets into our bodies if we eat that food. So um, it, it turned out, unfortunately, that I was correct, that glyphosate is in these uh, ingredients that go into vaccines and it has been detected. The FDA will deny this. The CDC has denied it. It's been years. And they could be doing something about preventing glyphosate in, in uh, vaccines and, I think, pre preventing vaccine damage and autism because what happens is glyphosate breaks down the blood-brain barrier and allows toxins into the brain. And we already know that there's aluminum at very high levels in vaccines. And it's used as a, you know, as the adjuvant, as the agent to, you know, sort of wake up the immune system and say, hey, go on attack and attack these diseases. But um, regardless of why it's there, it shouldn't be in our brains. And studies have shown tests, uh, testing of um, deceased children with autism and um, elderly people with Alzheimer's. And both of them have higher levels of aluminum in particular parts of their brain. And I would ask, how is it getting there? And I, I would say that scientists should be looking at aluminum getting into those parts of the brain and causing autism and Alzheimer's, or at least being a major contributing factor because of the glyphosate in the vaccines that they're getting. Elderly get, you know, high-dose flu shots, DTaP shots very frequently. And, of course, children are now getting 16 doses of vaccines um, to the tune of 69, I mean, sorry, 69 doses, 16 different types of vaccines up until the age 18. 
And in my opinion, that's just far too many. So it's not really the vaccine itself. It's really what's in the um, the ingredients or the contents of the vaccine. Um, so, well, that makes it the, the vaccine itself. So, yeah, it is it is mm-hmm. quite alarming. That's just very scary to hear. And, you know, it's also scary to hear that we don't necessarily have an option. It's basically vaccinate or not vaccinate. And, um and as far as the CDC, well, I've learned that they cannot be trusted based on what's going on now with uh, the um, COVID-19 virus because mm-hmm. the CDC is all over the place with their changes, and they, they change based on what's available. Um, you know, if masks are available, then they say you have to wear them. When they weren't available, they say you don't need to wear them. I mean, it's right, right. <laughs> you yeah. can't trust these yeah. people. It's scary. It's very scary. Well, they so, also um, the board members. The board members, according to Robert F. Kennedy Jr. from um, the Children's Health Defense, he says the board members of the CDC own up to 50-something vaccine patents. So that puts them in a biased state, right? They benefit from the sales of vaccines. So, you know, there's a lot to look into. This just points out to us that we need to do the research for ourselves, which is, like, why I sent off the vaccines to be tested, you know, we need to do the research ourselves because our government is not doing it. They're, they're not uh, making decisions based on our best interest and our health. They're making decisions based on the benefits, of the, the profits, sorry, of the of corporations. It's, that's so true, and it's very frightening. So you talked about mm-hmm. GMOs. Um, what exactly is a GMO? And um, mm-hmm. besides the fact that it is um, filled with these glycosates, um, what exactly is it and why is it not so good for us? Okay, so GMOs are genetically modified organisms. They could be plants or animals. Mostly right now there are plants. There, there's only one um, animal that's on the market, which is the you know, GMO salmon. Uh, that's mostly in Canada right now, I believe. But um, GMO plants started out with corn and soy and sugar. Those are the predominant ones. Canola also, cotton. And um, there's some yellow and green squash and chili peppers. You know, there's, there's not hundreds of them on the market, but there's hundreds that have been developed. And unfortunately, now we don't have GMO regulation. So more and more of them could be entering the market, and they're simply not labeled. Our government has, has failed to acknowledge that they are significantly different. And um, the fact that they have been genetically engineered in a lab to have um, different traits that they normally would not have. For instance, there's three types of GMOs. One is a BT GMO, which is the, it's engineered with Bacillus aerogenesis, which is a toxin from the body of a dead grain caterpillar. And they put it inside the corn, for instance, and they have it constantly reproduce more toxin. It becomes like a little toxin factory. So when the corn rootworm eats the corn, it gets the toxin into its gut, and that toxin uh, continuously reproduces more toxin, and then it breaks a hole in the corn rootworm's stomach, and and then the toxin gets throughout the body, and subsequently it dies. So unfortunately, that's the same corn that they use in animal feed and in tortilla chips and corn oil and things like that. Then the other type of GMO is called um, HT, which is herbicide tolerant, or otherwise known as Roundup Ready, RR. And um, because 
you know, Roundup is the most widely used herbicide in the world. And so that one is engineered to withstand or to tolerate the spraying of Roundup and glyphosate-based herbicides so they can spray the entire cornfield and the weeds will all die, but the corn won't. Now, unfortunately, our bodies are not Roundup ready, right? And these, as I mentioned earlier, this herbicide does not wash or dry or, or cook off. So those residues end up in our food. And then the third type of GMO I call DT, which is desired trait. And that is a, a, a genetically modified with RNA or, um, or DNA, but it's, it has, they have promoters on either end of the information that sort of wake up genes or silence them. And so herbicides and pesticides are not involved, but um, they, they do have a desired trait like, for instance, um, apples that don't brown because they have silenced the browning mechanism um, so that you can't see it. It's still browning and it's still rotting, mind you, but you just don't see it. And so there, there's certain desired traits that they're using right now, you know, pink pineapples and things like that that are completely ridiculous. Um, and and those, so those are the three types of GMOs either engineered to have the pesticide built in to be resistant to herbicides or to have a desired trait. And all of them have not been proven, you know, safe for humans. They say that they have, but of course they, they don't test these on humans. And any testing that is done is done predominantly by the industry, which stands to benefit from, from the, you know, product. And their short-term testing, not, let, not, not uh, lifelong testing of the animal um, with blood analysis. And, and they're skewed. You know, for instance, one, of, one researcher found that the control group in the testing was being fed animal feed that also contained glyphosate. So if you have a control group that's eating glyphosate and then you have the main study group that's also eating glyphosate, how can you say that there's a difference, right, and that, and that the results are valid? You, you just can't. So the interesting thing is that people have, for the past couple, you know, many years, the, the industry has paid shills and trolls to slander me and criticize me and say that I'm anti-science and that our moms are anti-science. Well, the fact is, is that we're the ones that are actually looking at the real science and they're the ones that are ignoring the independent science that shows that GMOs and the related toxins such as glyphosate are extremely harmful to human health and should not be in our food, should not be in our water, should not be in our air or rain, and they simply are ignoring this fact. They're the ones that are anti-science, not us. It's, um, you have a huge fight on your hands, but I, I know you can do it. You say... Um, <clears throat> One out of every four, especially with type O blood, over the age of 30 develops a gluten intolerance, and many don't know it, and that it's the cause of fatigue and weight gain, um, fogginess, mommy's brain, irritability. <clears throat> so mm -hmm. I gave up gluten a few years ago um, <clears throat> just because I had a guest on who was talking about wheat and how um, it causes the leaky gut syndrome and um, that the wheat that we eat today is not the wheat of, you know, our previous generations. It, it's a completely different um, kind of substance uh, and that our bodies yeah. can't tolerate it. So I wanted to, um, to ask you about that, wheat and, um, and gluten-free. Yes, absolutely. Well, I went through that journey, too. I was gluten-free for many years, um, especially just before the pregnancy of, of my third child. 
So with my first two children, I gained 60 and 50 pounds. And with my third child, when I was gluten-free, I only gained 25 pounds. And he was the largest baby. And so I, I know firsthand that going gluten-free can impact your, your energy level, which is why I went gluten-free, and it can also impact your weight gain. And I lost 16 pounds in six weeks with no exercise, just changing my diet, going gluten-free. So I know that it can impact weight gain. Um, however, that was modern wheat, as you just mentioned. And modern wheat has been hybridized, not genetically engineered, but hybridized, meaning bred with um, other uh, strains of wheat, the, the same species, um, to have gliadine. Maybe that's maybe it's gliadin, I don't know, but have gliadine in it, which is a protein that's a modern protein that has not previously been found in wheat before, and it can um, spark the, the need for people to eat more food, sort of like nicotine does in cigarettes. And so this, and this protein is also difficult for some people to digest. In fact, when I was tested for a gluten allergy, that's the only protein, there are many different proteins in wheat, and that's the only protein that I was allergic to. So that means that most of us that come up with those same results can actually eat ancient wheat right? The, not the modern wheat, but ancient wheat like Kamut and Spelt and um, Ezekiel and, you know, ancient amaranth, um, quinoa, ancient grains that, um, that won't have glycine in it and then therefore you won't have allergic reactions. And that's what ended up happening to me. I realized over time that I was eating gluten-free, I was doing somewhat better, but um, I eventually still realized that I was exposing myself to glyphosate because gluten-free products are still made out of, you know, many of them are made of corn and soy and peas and beans, you know, potatoes and things that can have glyphosate in it. So I thought, wait a second, I better, you know, stop eating this, these gluten-free products and I better switch to 100% organic, which was hard then, very hard to find gluten-free and organic. Mm-hmm. So when, <laughs> I agree. Yeah. And then when I eventually learned about the ancient grains more, and, and recently, actually, I just read a book called Grain by Grain by, um, by a, a Bob, um, I'm so sorry, I'm forgetting his last name right now, okay. but it's Grain by Grain, and oh, right here, oh, by Bob Quinn, by Quinn and Carlisle is the name of the book. He's a farmer, and it's wonderful, and he absolutely shows that studies that they did showed that this ancient grain is called Coruscant, but their brand label is called Kuma International, um, they actually showed that the, this grain improved the gut bacteria and reduced, um, like, in, you know, sugar that contributes to diabetes. It reduced um, all types of health issues by eating this ancient grain. And therefore, to him shows why, you know, these grains were the staff of life. They were what helped sustain entire civilizations, you know, a thousand years ago and all that. So, maybe not a thousand, but, you know, hundreds and hundreds of years ago. Right. So, so they, they um, you know, they, he shows that these grains actually can be helpful. And so it really does pay to, to try different things for your body and not just completely cut things out of your diet and just see what works for you. Everybody's different. Of course, I'm not advising for people with celiacs to eat ancient grains. But um, I think that GMOs and glyphosate are one of the major reasons, and vaccines, of course, the toxins and vaccines, why our guts have been damaged in the first place and why we're presenting with 
things like gluten allergies. It's because our guts have been damaged. And then, but once you restore your gut bacteria, once you eliminate those things from your diet for a while, for a, you know, a decent amount of time, and then put in probiotics such as sauerkraut and kefir and kombucha, apple cider vinegar, you can sort of regenerate your microbiome in your gut just like you would with soil, right, that's been conventionally farmed. You regenerate that environment and then you can be healthy again and then you can tolerate those foods that you normally before might not have been able to tolerate. And my son was evidence of that, the one with the autism symptoms. He couldn't eat eggs for a while. And I think that was because of a, a vaccine, because they, they, some vaccines can contain eggs. So he developed for a while. For first, he ate eggs just fine. He loved them. Then one day, all of a sudden, he had an egg allergy. And then um, after we went organic and we stored his gut bacteria and, you know, had him eat sauerkraut every day and things like that, now he can eat eggs again. But we only give him organic eggs and pasture-raised as much as possible. So you can recover your health. Right. Absolutely. Mm. Yeah, you know, you you brought up a good point about um, gluten-free. So, yeah, we have to be very careful. And you were talking about corn. Corn is one of the the major foods that we need to um, either avoid or eat completely organic. And there's cornstarch, corn oil. There's, you know, and like you say, the chips that we eat, it's in everything. There's corn in everything. And a lot of the gluten-free products um, use Mm -hmm. corn instead of they use a combination of corn and rice or something like that um, to try to get the same kind of texture as wheat so we have to really look for that and yeah when i eat gluten-free i always make sure there's no corn ingredients in it it's a lot easier now as you said it was a Mm -hmm. little harder before but now there's so many wonderful gluten-free products on the market that you can do it and not miss it i was a I, i was a a carb addict, bread, pasta. I mean, I lived on that stuff. So um, if I can do it, anybody can do it. Yeah. And, oh, I want to point out that Dr. Zach Bush, you know, very well-renowned, you know, triple board certified doctor, says that he believes that 80% of gluten intolerances are actually attributed to glyphosate reactions, mm. not the gluten. So I would invite everybody to try, really try um, to eat organic grains, but really the most ideal ones are the ancient grains because those are not going to have the, the gliadine as well, right? They're not going to have glyphosate or the gliadine. And right. just try it. And my favorite flour is the Kumut International grain. It's like almost buttery and nutty, to ta- mm. you know, tasting. And it's so delicious. And it does help your gut microbiome. It's um, really delicious. Oh, good. So you use that for yeah. baking and, and everything? Yeah. Yeah, I use it for baking, and it, and it makes the bread is more of like a golden color. It's really just beautiful, and people are like, wow, what kind of flour is this, you know? <laughs> and, it, yeah, it's really, and it's very hearty, so I love it, and I, I know the farmer. I've met him at the National Heirloom Expo in Santa Rosa. We go there every year, and he's a lovely, lovely man. So it's really nice to know your farmer, too. <laughs> Ideal. I'll bet. I'll bet it is. Um, On page 94, you have some symbols to look for. And and I think this is important that people actually see this. Uh, The USDA Organic, the Non-GMO Project Verified, the Mm -hmm. Glyphosate Residue Free, 
Um, there's mm-hmm. a certified humane race and handled, locally owned. Um, when you see something that says certified locally owned, does that necessarily mean that it's not going to have glyphosate and um, Roundup? No, it's it's less likely because farmers who are, you know, really um, focused on local, seasonal, whole, you know, fruits and vegetables and probably organic, they're probably going to be more like-minded to not be using those type of toxic chemicals, but it absolutely does not mean it. it for instance, non-GMO Project Verified also does not mean no glyphosate. They, mm-hmm. That only means that they test for GMOs. It doesn't mean... Uh, that glyphosate has not been used in the process. So you could have a non-GMO cracker, but the wheat could have been sprayed with glyphosate as a, as a drying agent. So ideally you want to look for the two together, which is USDA organic or CCOF, you know, some type of organic certification and non-GMO project verified. And we at Moms Across America took matters into our own hands and decided to do a create a Moms Across America gold standard which goes an additional level of also asking for glyphosate residue-free testing from the brand um, in addition to organic. And that's because there has been glyphosate contamination, as I mentioned earlier, in organic, and our moms are very concerned that organic is becoming so popular now that big corporations are sort of fudging the fact that their products may or may not be actually organic, right? And imports from Turkey have been found to leave port as conventional soybeans and then arrive in Long Beach, California port and suddenly they're organic. So we're concerned about that type of, you know, corruption happening in the food supply and we want to make sure that um, there's additional glyphosate testing to verify. So we have a Moms Across America gold standard, which is sort of like a guideline for manufacturers saying, you know, here's what we want. We really want to have, um, you know, no synthetic dyes and chemicals. We want it to be organic. We want glyphosate residue testing, and that gets you three gold stars. And then if you want to go to the next level, you, you're non-GMO project verified, and test, you'd get tested for heavy metals and pesticides for your product because there has been a lot of heavy metal contamination, um, also in organic. And um, if, if, you're, if you have animal products, they're humanely raised or certified humane. And then for five gold stars for the really ambitious companies, we would also like to have fair trade um, or fair labor, either cer- certified or an affidavit. We'll take an affidavit, too, from the CEO. And then um, also to have low to no pollution packaging, so, you know, earth-friendly packaging that's either made of recycled materials or they have a recyclable program, things like that. And also that the company supports regenerative organic agriculture or biodynamic agriculture. And that's because these types of farming draw down carbon into the soil and sequester that carbon that um, is contributing to climate change. So this verification system is really like a meta certification, right? It, it really highlights the brands that have already gotten many different fabulous uh, certifications. And um, it, it, it highlights companies that are making products that are not, not only good for our families, but good for the planet as well. And we're really excited to be able to put this out and and have brands say, hey, wait a second, maybe we should do things a little bit differently. Maybe we should strive for that, you know, eco-friendly packaging or let's let's actually get certified humanely raised. You know, that really does make a difference for consumers and the animals. (laughs) Absolutely. When I go to the grocery store and I'm walking down the cereal aisle, I am just blown away 
blown away by all these manufacturers, General Mills and, um, you know, all the different manufacturers of cereal, that they have not gotten on board with this. But I would imagine that their prices, I mean, they, they could not afford to do it at the prices that they're charging. But, I mean, Cheerios, people think Cheerios is such a healthy food, and I look at it and I say, General Mills, when are you going to get on board with this? Um, yeah. So what yeah. is going on with these big companies? Well, they they claim that they don't have the supply available of enough, you know, organic oats and grains and things like that. And but that's precisely why we're doing this. We're trying to create more of a demand for organic. And the more that these companies see, wait a second, Myers, when I do put out an organic company you know, brand, um, or these big companies when they buy a small organic brand, and they see the sales of that organic brand, they're like, well, wait a second, maybe it is time to invest in more organic. And some companies like General Mills have actually invested in farming to switch farming over to regenerative organic through um, Annie's Homegrown. You know that brand that got bought yes. by General Yes, oh, that's Mills. part of General Mills? Yes, so there oh. are brands that are making choices to invest in regenerative organic farming, and we're very happy about that. And we think that you know consumers should support that type of um, action and, be, and behavior. We, we really appreciate that. So that's one of the reasons why we wanted to do this Moms Across America Gold Standard was to highlight the companies that are doing those types of things. Now, whether or not the brands will, you know, take on our, our certification or not is, you know, their choice. Many of them are telling us they don't want to have to get the additional pesticide testing and heavy metal testing because that does cost money. It does cost, you know, a couple hundred dollars per product to get that done, and it does add up if, you know, a company has hundreds of products, they may or may not choose to do it. But either way, whether this, you know, takes off at the level that we would like it to or not, we are still adamant that this is what we want and this is what we need. And moms buy 85% of the food. And the educated mother that knows that, look, I've got to start thinking about how this product impacts not just my family but the rest of the planet you know, is, is crucial. I mean, in order for human beings to survive on the planet, we need to stop destroying the planet. We need to stop destroying our resources, and we need to have a climate that will allow us to even grow food in the first place, right? If these temperatures go up too high, these farmers won't be able to grow grains. So it really is crucial for them to switch over their practices to regenerative organic in order to be a part of um, reversing climate change and discontinuing the pollution of our waterways with plastic and, you know, our air and our rain with toxic chemicals. It's, it's crucial. This is what needs to be done. So whether they sign on and get our Moms Across America Gold Standard or not, uh, these changes need to happen. Absolutely. Um, have you had any kind of scary resistance um, to what you're doing? Because I know, you know, people who have uh, made strides in um, in cancer cures and things like that that were not pharmaceutical have had all kinds of, you know, problems. Some of them have disappeared. <laughs> um, so yeah. have, you re- have you run up against any serious resistance? Yes, we have, and I, at the time I didn't talk about it because I was really focused on the positive energy around us joining into Fourth of July parades. Mm-hmm. This was the first year when we started out. The, the, the inception of Moms Across America was let's join into Fourth of July parades under Moms Across America March 
to label GMOs initiative. And so we invited people to join in Fourth of July parades. And during that time, there was a, a group that also wanted to join into parades wearing masks. And we didn't want them to wear a mask. So we asked them to kindly, you know, come unmasked. And they didn't like being told what to do. So they, they attacked us. But I do believe that some of Monsanto's paid, um, you know, trolls, that, which has been revealed that they, they did pay a couple hundred people in order to go after um, critics like myself. Um, I believe that some of those people got into the mix there and actually threatened our, you know, our lives, threatened violence. And so it was very um, concerning and I lost a lot of weight and, and had a lot of uh, health issues briefly for that period of time due to the stress. And then later on, when we on, set off on our national toxin-free tour, I cover in the book that on the, the second day of our national toxin-free tour, we were parked at an, at an organic farm which bordered a non-organic farm and a, a field, just a, a general field of grass. And we woke up realizing that that field was being sprayed with pesticides or herbicides by helicopter. And when we were in the greenhouse, which unfortunately didn't have a roof, the helicopter flew over the organic farm and sprayed my entire family with herbicides. And I, you know, he, of course, didn't claim that that was on purpose, but he, when we confronted the man with the police, he just smirked and said, I'm doing, I was doing my job, but his job did not include having half of the plane over the border of the organic farm on top of us, you know, right. on top of the greenhouse. He knew what he was doing. Right. And, in our, you know, yeah. yeah, in our, in our RV had the words moms across America, right? on it they they knew who we were and we were only a couple that rv was only you know a couple hundred feet away from where we were so he knew exactly what he was doing and um my family you know subsequently were we were impacted by that we had behavioral changes we were very angry with each other for a couple months and um you know my kids had nosebleeds and headaches and we we were impacted so uh, that was very scary nothing like that has happened since then and since Monsanto, it's been discovered that Monsanto trolls, you know, have, um, were being paid to, to attack people like us. That hasn't happened anymore. But it's not, that type of thing is not going to happen to everybody who stands up to Monsanto or speaks out or signs petitions or, you know, speaks at their city council or whatever. There's just too many of us now. So right. I really want to urge people to not, you know, hear this and be like, okay, well, I'm not going to do anything because they could come after me. Well, that's exactly what they want you to think. Right. So my book is called Unstoppable for a Reason, and that's, that, that is because no matter what they do, we're going to keep going because there is no safe future for our children unless we speak up and unless we take action, and we're going to keep going, you know, and, and so that's that. <laughs> it doesn't matter what they do. <laughs> you know? Wow. I, I'm in awe of, of what you're doing. I know how hard it is to make these changes, but um, I know how passionate you are. How can we, how, how can we as listeners um, join the cause? What can we do? Well, thank you for asking. You can go to momsacrossamerica.org, and under the home drop-down, you can click on our newsletter to sign up. And when you get that newsletter, the email blast on Monday morning, Monday afternoons, you can join us on our Moms Connect calls, which are on Monday at 5 p.m. Pacific time. And you can ask questions. You can get involved. 
you can go to our action page as well and click on any of the campaigns that are most interesting to you. We have a toxin-free town campaign, which supports you in getting Roundup out of your, um, you know, your town, them spraying it in your parks and streets. You can join the Stop 5G Grids, which is one of our main focuses right now, which is preventing the infiltration of our cities and towns with small cell wireless telecommunication facilities, which um, which give out 4G and then later on they'll upgrade them to 5G, which is very harmful um, radio frequency radiation. Uh, or you could, you know, get involved in, in other ways. You could volunteer. You could check out our health solution store if you have any health issues and you want to support your families, especially your gut, your gut um, health. We have health solutions that support not only your family, but they support the work of Moms Across America as well. And, of course, we always appreciate, um, you know, financial support, donations, or support through the Health Solutions Store. And you can also get my book on Amazon, and that's, again, called Unstoppable, Transforming Sickness and Struggle into Triumph, Empowerment, and a Celebration of Community. And I think you'll really enjoy reading it, and I really appreciate, uh, Randy, that you have read it and, um, and that you share with people the information in that book. It's really a guide on how to have your family get healthy and, and then how to also make a difference in your community. And so that's what we read right now. We need local actions in order to take back uh, democracy in America and transform our food supply and health in America. And so I really hope that you'll take part in that, read my book, get involved in our website, join us on our Monday night calls. Yes. You know, when you when you um, walk through the produce department of a grocery store, everything looks so fine and and harmless and everything like that. And, you know, it's very deceptive to to see all that beautiful produce and, and to think that there's something in there that could just kill you. <laughs> but um, but it, I love the fact that you are creating this awareness in people. Um, yeah. Well, and, I want to mention that it's, it's, not, it's not as much the produce. I mean, yes, the toxins and the pesticides on the produce can really harm you. But it's the it's the processed foods that are the most processed damaging, yeah, to us. It's the boxes of foods, the can, you know, the foods that are processed that have ingredients on them that you cannot you cannot pronounce. Those are the ones to stay away from. It's really important now that you read the ingredients and that you know what you're reading. You know what that is. If it's not, put it back. Eat whole foods, organic whole foods as much as possible. That means like you know, plantains and grapes and squash and um, tomatoes and eat whole foods, apples and things like that as much as possible. But they really do need to be organic in order to be healthy because otherwise you're getting, you you could be getting 52 different pesticides on an apple. So you really do want to eat organic as much as possible. And especially during this time of COVID-19 where it it, uh, really impacts people that have weakened immune systems, and in a very fast way, right, within 24 hours, somebody could um, just go into a severe state and, and die from this. Um, you know, I mean, this could be after a week of having it, right? But within a 24-hour period of, of, of being in ICU, they could pass away. And this is, this is mostly happening to people who have weakened immune systems. Well, glyphosate destroys that, your immune system. And so it's so important now to eat organic. And I believe this is one of the reasons why America is the most is, is being reportedly being, you know, the, the one of the most impacted countries in the world. And I think that's because our food system is just made of so much junk. It's made of so many preservatives and toxins. If you go to any other country around the world 
they eat fermented foods with ev- almost every meal. The Mediterranean, the Asian, they eat, you know, they eat uh, sauerkrauts or yogurts or fermented or kimchi. vegetables. Kimchi. Kimchi, yeah, with every single, you know, at least lunch and dinner. Some of them even breakfast, too. So they're eating fermented foods, which replenishes their good bacteria in their gut. They're eating whole foods, right, mostly rice or grains with vegetables. They eat very little meat, um, which has been shown by the China study to benefit heart disease. And they eat very little processed foods. And, and so, you know, if we just ate the way our ancestors did, I don't think that we would be being impacted by COVID-19 the way that we are. Mm-hmm. It's, it's the processed, toxic chemicals and food that we're eating that's, that's reducing our immune system and making us more susceptible along with other toxins in our environment, you know? So like I mentioned, vaccines can weaken your immune system too. So things like that are, we really do need to think again about. And, um, and it's, it's when you go through the grocery store, once you realize all this, that yes, I, I agree. There's that feeling of like, it's the matrix, right? Where all of a sudden everything you're seeing has changed and you're now seeing food in the grocery store as, as toxic, you know, rather right. than as helpful and, and whole and, you know, wholesome. So just look right. for that organic food as much as possible and, and do the best you can in buying organic. Right. And um, we don't have time necessarily to go into the Dirty Dozen, but, but, but to my listeners, there's a list. You can go online and look for the Dirty Dozen. It's, they're constantly adding things to it. Um, but these are the fruits and vegetables that are most highly um, contaminated with uh, pesticides. And, I mean, potatoes, apples, strawberries, string beans, green mm-hmm. beans. There's, you know, there's a whole list of the ones that if – so if you don't want to do complete organic, at least check out the Dirty Dozen and avoid those foods because when you're eating those beautiful strawberries that taste so good, you're just sucking down poison. So. Yeah, yeah, and also switch out the ones, the foods that you eat the most of. So if you eat bread every day or pasta mm-hmm. every day or mm-hmm. rice, switch those out to organic because then that way you're avoiding the glyphosate that could be sprayed on there as a drying agent. Mm, so it's not true. just yeah, it's not just yeah, it's not just the produce. It's the foods that you eat the most of. Mm-hmm. That's the most important to switch to organic. Yeah. Good point. Yes, good point. So uh, before we end, is there anything else that you wanted to share? I know we talked about a lot of things, but um, did you want to leave us with a message or <clears throat> or anything? Yeah, like I just want to say, do, please don't get overwhelmed. You know, what I've given you, I've learned over seven years, and, um, and, and I, I do invite you to get a buddy to, you know, go through this journey and, and healing your family and yourself and um, getting involved and taking action. And uh, you can do that by connecting with us on Facebook or Instagram. We have groups for each state. And we have, um, of course, our Monday Night Moms Connect calls. Just take it one day at a time and one step at a time. You know, like, okay, so today I'm going to clear out my pantry of all the condiments, right, that are not organic, and I'm going to go buy organic condiments, that type of thing. You know, take it one step at a time and, um, and take care of yourself in the process and know that you are worth it that you are worth buying organic and buying organic is an investment in your future because you won't be spending like we don't spend 10 or $15,000 a year now on our children's health. We don't spend that. They, they have not been going to the doctor for sickish, you know, for being sick for a very long time. So we're saving money by eating organic and you can too, and you're worth it. That's what I want to leave you with. Great message. Oh, I, I love it. Um, thank you, Zen. 
It's been yeah, a really, you're welcome. Thanks for having really me on, Randy. Really informative. Uh, thank you. I, I really am glad that you are doing what you're doing. And keep doing it. Um, I know that you're making changes, it, and as you say, it's one day at a time, one company at a time, but yes. um, have you always been this determined in other things in your life? Well, I, in some areas, you know, in taking on speaking up about things, in some areas, yes, um, but what really did it for me, I, I do want to put a shout-out to them, was doing a course called Landmark. And, and you can find them on Landmark Worldwide. It, it, there was just someone in one of those courses that saw me as unstoppable. Mm. And it was, it's, a, it's a course that, that to live life powerfully and live a life you love, right? And that's what I wanted. So I was at a place in my life where I wanted to take that on. And so the, the technology that I've learned from that, those programs has had me see life in a different way. And it has, has me take actions based on what I'm committed to not based on the circumstances. Like I, you know, have three kids and I don't have a lot of money and I don't have a lot of time and I don't know how to start a nonprofit. Well, none of that matters if you're committed to health and freedom, which I am. And so I just took action based on that and suddenly found myself doing things I never would have done before. And that's what I wish for everybody. And that's why the first word of our, our tagline is empowered. It's empowered moms, healthy kids. And when anybody's empowered, right, they're going to have better health. They're going to be more happy. We're going to create a world that we're all proud of to live in. So that, that's a major thing. And also my mom and my dad believed in me and supported me. And I always felt like I could take on anything. So that helps too. <laughs> Isn't that wonderful? I love to hear that. I love to hear about supportive families because I work with so many people yeah. who don't have them. Um, but anyway, oh, thank you so much. And um, keep yeah. doing what you're doing. It's wonderful, wonderful work. It's it's life-changing for all of us. And um, and I encourage my listeners to join in. So Great. Thank you, uh, Randy. I hope you have a wonderful day, and it's been great talking to you. Thank you. Thank you. So we are out of time today, but if you have any comments or questions about today's show, you can email me at loveyourlife at randyfine.com. May joy and serenity always be yours. Goodbye. We hope you enjoyed today's show. Visit randyfine.com, R-A-N-D-I-F-I-N-E.com, and be sure to sign up to receive updates on the latest blog posts, events, coming shows. Thank you for listening.